Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. And away we go. That's, a, that's right. a new thing I'm working on. <laughs> when you always love that list, I just love the questions. I don't walk right into that. that. There are some, I'm not saying this is a good movie. Oh, what? I, that is Finnish Willem Dafoe. He, he looks, looks just like Willem Dafoe. He, I thought he looked very familiar. You're, don't throw out a fact. You are correct. You, are brother, correct. you should do some facts sometimes. <laughs> do some facts sometimes, but I don't take my facts. <laughs> I'm pretty confident your brother doesn't listen to the Forgotten Single Podcast, but if he does, Boo! Hello, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie came out at the same time, or the film just didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, and decide whether it's worth a revisit, which we always decide that it is. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. What's up? I'm doing well. How are you? You asked me how I was doing, and I just told you I was doing... What are you staring You're not at? doing well. Uh, why am I not doing well? You're cold and tired. I am a little cold. <laughs> I am a little tired. But, you know, maybe some people came out time for when we're recording the podcast. I bought you coffee. That's only because you were late. <laughs> That's <laughs> only because I really like this coffee shop. Oh, well that so you're purposely late to get this coffee? Well no, but uh, it works. So we're back. I mean, I mean we've never left. We you just, didn't know we weren't back. Yeah. Somebody went on vacation, so we couldn't record for a week. Yeah. Uh but now he's back and now I'm back. And now we're here to talk about the blob. Ooh, That's yeah. right. We're gonna be talking about the nineteen eighty eight remake of the nineteen fifty eight movie The Blob. That starred Steve McQueen. This one stars Johnny Drama. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So real quickly, uh, that's Kevin Dillon, for those who don't know. I'll give you a breakdown of what the blob is about. A meteorite has crash landed near the town of Arborville, California. And within this meteorite is a blob. You don't say. Exactly. So it's this little slime-like substance. So, of course, uh, the first person that comes upon this blob is a Man who collects cans in the woods, who I believe we were supposed to believe is homeless, and the blob attaches to his hand, and he screams. Uh, <laughs> prior to that, you meet the town. I mean, it's like a small town. It's kind of like um, uh, what's the, like like a Gremlins type town, like you know, what I mean, like, yeah. like just a small town. I know it's in California, but like you could easily put this place in like in the Midwest or something like that. Yeah, it's not a podunk town, but it's not a huge. Right, city. right. And you, you meet the, you know, the main players and then you do meet Paul and Meg who go on a date and they witness um, don't they witness the meteorite land? No, they they, not. they, they see the, oh, the old man comes out. That's right. They're driving. The old man comes out. They hit him. Um, also upon the scene is the tough guy with his feathered mullet uh, Brian Flagg, <laughs> played by uh, Kevin Dillon, who also witnesses the man coming out and getting hit. They notice that the, he's got this thing on his hand. They bring him to the hospital. Next thing you know, the blob is just completely devouring him. The blob starts devouring everybody. The blob is out of control. The movie's called The Blob, so you can figure out where we're going from here. Uh, it Basically, it turns into a horror movie, which it is, and they're trying to escape this disgusting, slime-like mold that keeps eating and dissolving people and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The government gets involved. They come down, they try to stop it, but then you find out that they're not so uh, forthwith on what the blob is. They know they've caused it. 
they're here to make, contain it and you know the townspeople be damned they don't care and then of course we'll get to how it ends and and whatnot and but that's kind of the gist of the plot the blob lands and the blob eats and the blob <laughs> gets bigger <laughs> so so that's it and that's the blob thank you for uh, listening uh real quick movie is 95 minutes long rated r production budget of 19 million it uh it's opening weekend it made 2.6 uh, but it, domestic was 8.2 total and worldwide did not get a worldwide release. So clearly it made 8 million from a $19 million budget. Obviously there's a reason why it's forgotten. <laughs> um, release date was Friday, August 5th, 1988. And before we get into what other movies came out around that time, the reason why we're doing the blob is because the blob is a viewer recommendation. Oh yeah. Second one. Second one. That's right. We did, um, three to Yuma, which was recommended by Mr. Butler's mother. Thanks mom. (laughs) This one was recommended to us by, uh, I have talked about him quite often on the show. Uh, my friend Adrian, uh, so real quick, Adrian, uh, we're going to pretend you're here live. <laughs> Why did you uh, want us to do the blob? Insert recorded message. Hi, this is Adrian Pancrea. I'm uh, Mike Field's buddy and I'm friends of Butler, too. And um, I wanted them to talk about the 1988 Chuck Russell remake of the blob. Uh, Chuck Russell's a really interesting uh, filmmaker who's done some really great kind of underground like lesser known kind of pictures, but his movies always have a really distinct director's vision and voice and style. And the blob is, uh, no exception to that rule. It's a remake of a lesser known B fifties movie starring Steve McQueen, then Stephen McQueen. And, um, it's about this mindless organism that just, uh, feeds on anything it touches uh and it's uh it's a really terrifying concept the original scared the heck out of me and the remake has an incredible amount of style and and um really kind of interesting set pieces and gore that honor the original and still set its own path so but it's not really well known or thought of anymore but it's a really great picture thanks (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's great that's fascinating hilarious oh. you can go now adrian see you later <laughs> so that is that is why we that's why uh, for whatever reason that i do not know but we will find out that's what i don't, I don't know where i'm going with that but anyways <laughs> all right so august 5th 1980 that opened the same day as vibes the cindy lauper jeff goldblum i know i see that you're trying to think cindy. about the movie mike don't worry about it i don't think i saw it <laughs> Uh, you you are safe to never have seen that film. It's okay. But it's got Jeff Goldblum. It's also got Cindy Lauper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the week after, I should so eight five is when it was released. Five was the same week. The week before, which was July 29th. Now, mind you, we are in the summer, so the week before July 29th, you had Cocktail, hey. Tom Cruise, and the horror movie Monkey Shines. Do you remember Monkey Shines? I have only seen parts of Monkey Shines. I have seen the poster and right. I know of the movie. The reason why I just put it in there is just because it's a horror movie. And, you Closest know, right. Uh, well, there's others, which is which was surprising. So 29th was that 22nd was Big Top Pee Wee, which is obviously the sequel to Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Caddyshack 2, another sequel and Midnight Run. Good movie. 1988 Midnight Run. Yeah. Oh, OK. I thought it was a little old. I thought it was a little older than that. Oh, uh, no, no, no. We pro- so I want to I always since we're doing a horror movie, like I said, I always I want to highlight the horror movies. July 8th 
of that year was Phantasm 2. So I know Phantasm was a big hit. So Phantasm 2, you know, I mean, does that affect the movie a month later? Back then, maybe because there's not as many movies out, you know, like would that affect people watching The Blob? Yeah. But who knows? Uh, the week after, so August 12th now, August 5th was when The Blob, remember? August 12th, the week after, you had Clean and Sober, which was starring Michael Keaton, not a comedy, Mac and Me, kids movie, <laughs> Mike's laughing, Young Guns, well, I mean, the Middle West of us. And, yeah. yeah. You didn't like Young Guns? No, I know what Young okay, Guns okay. is. And then Tucker, The Man in His Dream. That was with uh, I don't know Jeff Bridges. It's about uh, a first automobile for built a car, built a Tucker mobile or whatever it was. I have saw that I saw that many years ago, and um, I remember being okay with it. But like, I've, it's always something that I've wanted to go back to and watch again. Kind of like being older. Well, should, I, should I start adding? No, I don't know if it's forgot. I'd have to see it again. I don't know. If it's so then, after that, the nineteenth, you had uh, Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master. So there's like I've I've listed off like three other horror movies. Which which numbered Nightmare on Elm Street was four? Dream Master? The uh, Dream four? Master. Okay. Yeah, because I know the director Chuck Russell had also yes. directed Nightmare yeah, on Elm Street. Those are in the facts, so don't take my facts. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, don't throw out a fact. You are correct. You are Butler, correct. you should do some facts sometimes. Do <laughs> some facts sometimes. Butler, don't take my facts. <laughs> no, no, no. That is correct. So as you alluded to, let's get to the people involved. The director was Chuck Russell, as Mike just said. He is. Uh, he also he wrote and directed. He wrote and directed Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Mm -hmm. uh, the Mask, Eraser, Scorpion King. These are the ones he directed. Uh, obviously, he, was, he wrote this with Frank Darabont, which I did not know. Anyone knows Frank Darabont. He's responsible for Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, and The Walking Dead series, which I don't watch. And but, Young Indiana Jones. And Young, Young Indiana Jones. Okay. Uh, Chuck Russell also wrote Dreamscape. Did you have you seen Dreamscape? I have. That's I like that movie. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. That might be uh, one of ours. I also like The Mask. I don't like Eraser. I, I, no, I don't like The Mask is okay. I think The Mask gets dated. Like you, you watch it now, you're just like, eh. it is a little too goofy for it. Why, like, why did I like this? Nice. Mm. The nostalgia part. Is but Dreamscape, I think Dreamscape would be a good one for us. Dreamscape would be yeah. a good one for forgotten. Music by Michael Honing. Honing? Honing. Uh, he did The Wrath. The Wraith, excuse me, not The Wrath. The Wraith. Do you remember The Wraith? Mm -hmm. Okay. And Dark Sky is a TV show. Those are the ones I highlighted. He's done a ton of stuff, but these are the ones I highlighted that I thought maybe you and I would know together. I do like Dark Skies. Oh, the TV show? Yeah. yeah. Cinematography by Mark Irwin, uh, or also director of photography, which he's listed mostly. Uh, he's responsible for the 80s Dead Zone, The Brood, Videodrome, The Fly, and then Scream. He's done a ton of stuff. Again, I just listed a bunch of stuff that I thought people would know. Yeah. Plus, since we're doing a horror movie, I try to list some of the horror movies, or most of them. Actually, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, I... I because the special effects were a big part of this, mm -hmm. I have it in my notes that of the $19 million budget, $9 million went to special effects. I believe that. Yeah. So the special effects were done by DreamQuest Images, and they were responsible for Reign of Fire, Armageddon, Total Recall, the original, The Abyss. They, they, there's an article on com where I... And I, I always say that we should post this stuff in the blog, and, and I will because I okay. wrote it down. Yeah. Um, that talks about how the people from DreamQuest, they, they turned into another group of... Um, uh, animators that Disney purchased. So like they are responsible for a lot of movies. Um, but I'll post that when, when people are listening to this, it'll be in the blog article. So it's not that they dissolved because they just weren't successful. It's right. because they were so successful. They, so they got purchased. Correct. Yeah. So, and then, you know, one of the things I like in this movie, as we'll get into is the effects. I have. Yeah. I, yeah. I really like this. All right. So real quick, I, as I told you, Johnny dramas in this, from Entourage. <laughs> That's Kevin Dillon. I say that with love. I, I enjoy it. Well, I like Entourage. 
Uh, he plays Brian Flagg. Meg Penny is played by Shawnee Smith. You may remember her from the Saw franchise. Uh, she's in. She plays Amanda in that throughout. I guess all the eighty-five saws. <laughs> Paul Taylor's put by Donovan Lech Jr. or Lechich. I said that wrong. I, apologize. I think it's Leak. I, is it Leak? I think so. I apologize, Donovan. Uh, Sheriff Herb Geller, played by Jeffrey Demun from Billions. He's also in The Walking Dead, Green Mile. Uh, Deputy Bill Briggs is Paul McCrane. It's Rocket Romano from ER. <laughs> Any yep. ER fans out there? Uh, I think he loses an arm in AR. He does leg. an arm. He gets he loses yeah. an arm because of a helicopter. Yes, and then spoiler alert: a helicopter also lands on him toward the finale. I, if you ever, <laughs> if you've ever, I don't know if you did you watch ER when it was like out live. Yeah. Okay. The big joke about ER all the time between me and my wife was that um, you'd have the the MEC would run the promos and would always be like, and don't let and wait for the last five minutes. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, come on, enough already. Um, Fran Hewitt, played by Candy Clark. She is from American Graffiti. Uh, actually got uh, nominated for an Oscar uh, for American Graffiti. Cat's Eye and Zodiac, which Zodiac, which I love. Dr. Meadows is played by John Seneca. I might have said that wrong. He's from Silverado on a Time to Kill. He's he's a he's a former uh, musician, not musician, um, singer. He was in a, uh, I think it's the Three Riffs. That might be wrong, but he he's like extremely popular in in the music scene and and stage and and whatnot. Um, Scott Jessick as Rick Paul. No, yeah, Rick, Scott Jessick is played by Rick Paul Golden. Uh, you might know him from soap opera stuff and Alf. Uh, Mr. Penny Barrett Lafleur, Field of Dreams, The Sandlot. He played the Babe in the Sandlot. And Reverend Meeker uh, is played by Del Close, who I know as the asshole in The Untouchables, who tries to bribe them and tells them, "What do you think you are, untouchable?" That, oh, that's yeah, that guy. That's okay, how, that's how I always remember that guy. There's so, also one other cast list. Go ahead. So the Doctor. Uh, who kind of Star ignores Trek Paul? Thing? No, no, it's a Twin Peaks thing. Uh, the go. Doctor is Jack Nance from Twin Peaks, who is also used in a lot of. Um, but what are you staring at me for? This is your fact. Uh, David Lynch's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of David Lynch's uh, films and and television shows. The Doctor that when he's with the patient and he like, goes in there, Doctor, someone's dying. He's like, Ugh, fine. Yep. Come on. <laughs> you got Blue Cross? Does he have Blue Cross? Any insurance? <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, so that's uh that's I guess the 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 nuts and bolts of the production. Um I I, I always seem to ask this question to you. <laughs> like, you know, like when did you last watch it? So when did you last watch it? I've never seen the nineteen eighty eight version. Well, I've that's only right. you seen mentioned the, that. uh I've seen the original. I've never seen the uh eighty eight. And the original version. starring Steve McQueen, which I might have said already if I didn't. <laughs> um they tried to get his son to be in this one. Did they? And I guess he has Chad McQueen, and I guess he has some kind of policy that he doesn't do movies that his father started. He doesn't do remakes that his father started in or something like that. I don't know. So he passed on that. That's right. I never watched this because I heard it was a remake. Like it was basically like Psycho, like the remake of Psycho was like just this is the exact same movie. Which is not though. Obviously. It's not. Yeah. I was watching. I was like, well, I don't know why I was told that. This is yeah. clearly different. The big difference being that in the 58 version, uh, it's an alien that comes down and just starts attacking the town. And in this version, it's you think it's an alien. You think it's a meteorite, which they never really explain how they like shoot it into like they never really explain like where it came from. I mean, it looks like it's just like a probe. Like it just kind of got What's put a, off it was a shot. rock. No, it's um, it looks like a rock because it's all burned up on the outside. Oh, but it's okay. actually a metal. Right. 
um, probe. So what you find out about 45 minutes to an hour into the movie, the the government shows up or the secret uh, agency shows up and they're here to they're all wearing hazmat suits and they're here to make sure that the blob is, you know, contained or they're trying to save the townspeople, they say. But it's basically it's a bio uh, engineered um weapon they weaponize this thing and they're, they're trying to see its effects because they you know they want to use it on their enemies and and the town is collateral damage and that's all like that's so basically it's it's us it's the the parent like with a paranoia of of us mm-hmm. of of you know the 80s cynicism of you know the government's not looking out for you that is pretty much what is being uh put forth in this movie our little experimental virus seems to have grown up into a plasmic life form that hunts its prey a predator is fantastic sir the organism is growing at a geometric rate by all accounts it's at least a thousand times its original mass this will put u.s defense years ahead of the russians you don't understand at this rate by next week there may be no u.s nonsense so, I mean, that's what I got. That's also what I read. <laughs> it's not an original thought. I mean, that's that's I mean, that's clearly what they're trying to go with. Right. with The whole government's making it kind of a thing. Right. Right. You know, they come in and, you know, they're kind of like, like he, they turn so sinister so quick, though. It's 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 pretty funny. What I don't get is why the doctor is um, Dr. Meadows tells them like, oh, you know, you know the meteorite that came from the dinosaurs. Well, why tell him anything? Why tell him anything? If you're gonna turn, if you're gonna turn coat that quick, just, yeah, it's like let me tell you a story. Why? Don't tell him anything. <laughs> just say he's classified and lock him up. Yeah, you're gonna be a dick in five minutes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kept, I kept wondering when they showed up when the uh, the agency shows up and they're all wearing the hazmat suits and and they kind of look ridiculous running around with the, the M16s in the suits. Yeah. And when they show up and they're just talking to the townspeople, like nobody, none of the townspeople are like, why are you wearing the suits? Like, yeah. why can't we be wearing the suits? Like nobody has that conversation. Like nobody's just like, dude, you can take off the helmet. I mean, clearly the the, the air is not polluted. Well, later on, they do say when Meadows is finally like about to lose his, his grip on the town, he does say, oh, he's, he's doing this because he's infected. He's crazy. Maybe they've been feeding them that line. It just kind of got cut like a line got cut somewhere where yeah, they're maybe, like, maybe I don't know. You're all you've all got a little bit of it. We got to inoculate you guys or something like mm. that. One of the things that I liked, aside from the, the this, I mean, if you want to get into the special effects, we can. Um, yeah, that's I fine. mean, I really dug the the, the effects, the uh, the practicals and whatnot. Um, there is, I will say that some of the stuff is dated. Some of the stuff is um, like just, in terms of like the, just because it's an 80s film and because you don't have the the technology to do like, you know, when they're running and the blob is on top above them and they're running in the, the hallway. hallway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that didn't. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed more of the problem with the camera angle than the actual effect, though. Like the blob coming off the wall looked cool, or coming down the wall, but it almost seemed sped up, and that the camera angle made it seem like the hallway wasn't real. Well, clearly they weren't where they were running wasn't where they were running. Well, no, none of the, the stuff where the blob is is in action, or the stuff when there's a lot of stuff going on in the background. Right, is clearly there's a lot of like you know green screen work. There's a lot of stuff where. They're placed in front of it. And yeah. Like, I think at the end, I remember when uh, I think they have a shot of Brian uh, like running past or, or, or Meg running and the blobs behind them and it's blowing up or something's blowing up. And it was like, well, there's a couple shots like that where it's clear like, oh, you're not there. They're not like that's Yeah. Not, that's not happening. There's a couple of superimposed shots. Right. Yeah. The blob is superimposed like in the sewers when Meg's dangling, trying to get out of the sewers. He's superimposed on there and he's superimposed 
on uh, another scene as well where it, there's like you can see the blue hue around him. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, eh. but that's just a, that's it's, I think it's a problem at the times. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't, I'm not really holding any of that against it. Um, to go back though to uh, just I want to go back to the remake. The remake was written by uh, Theodore Simonson and Kay Lenaker. Uh, she wrote it when she was her I guess her name was going on under Kate Phillips. So I just thought this was interesting. Later on, she's Kay. She taught screenwriting at Keene State in New Hampshire well into her 90s. And she was the oldest college professor in the country at the time. I thought that was pretty remarkable. She's passed away. She's since passed away. But she was like, you know, I, I just think it's that's pretty impressive. And how awesome is it to go to Keene State and your teacher was like, oh, yeah, I wrote the blob. And she wrote a bunch of other stuff, too. And she's, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, but it's just like, you know, that's that's pretty cool. It's like um, Jonathan Frakes teaches something in uh, classes in Denver and stuff like that on right. directing. Right. But yeah, when you go in and your professors are actually experts in their field. Yeah, that's pretty that's, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the producer of the original, well, one of the producers, Jack Harris, produced the remake. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah. All right. So enough of the enough of the facts. Enough enough of that stuff. <laughs> let's talk about the movie. Um, All right. I said that I liked the we, practical effects but let's get a little bit more specific yeah all right so what jumped out at you in terms of uh effects wise um pretty much anytime you saw the end stages of the person being disintegrated by the blob right any any of the face stuff um is is really impressive and any any of the animatronic faces like when paul gets carried when paul i think actually that's the actor under there when paul it's the actor when the um projectionist gets eaten okay or when you see uh the sheriff go by the photo booth which i was surprised that they would kill him off screen i have the same note that that must be a cut scene somewhere because that's a good you you set up his character and you're not gonna give him a chance to die well that that's a good shock though to the audience i read somewhere that uh russell was trying to go with something like kind of like psycho where you kill your lead your your supposed lead and to kind of like put the audience at, at Kind of like on, on edge that anyone can die. I, I did like, yeah. You know, which which I felt that way when they killed the kid in the sewer when they were trying to escape and this friend gets killed. Oh, I was yeah. Like, Oof. I was like, oh, they killed a kid. I have that. No, like, nice. Good. Good for them. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, go ahead. Continue. I, I just really enjoy the use of the practical effects on that. You can tell that they put, you know, animatronics in the eyes, the mouth, mm -hmm. you know, the nose, the heads wobble and the stretch. It's very reminiscent of the thing. Yep. which I put down a lot and and I really 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 like the practicals in the thing. Yeah. So the fact that that kind of this really harkens to the thing. Mm -hmm. Um did they do the thing? The Uh I don't know. I uh, I'm not sure. I don't think so, but I don't know. I think it was in 82. Yeah. Yeah. They're so very I, similar. I, I don't style. know. Um that's something we could we should have probably looked up, but uh but yeah, no. Um but yeah, I think I think the thing is a is definitely a um homage source of information yes i definitely think i definitely think the thing is something that they use they mind as a source yes well, what's interesting also is the thing was originally a 1950s oh yeah um film that became a 1980s horror film of course this is also a 50s well movie. they i read somewhere that they actually approached carpenter to do this movie and he declined it is carpenter -esque. i you know for a long time not when we were going to do this but for a long time i thought he did the blob like and i think i was confusing it with the fog which he did do yes. so for the longest time i thought he had done the blob and i think i don't know how many years ago i figured like oh that wasn't him oh, okay <laughs> so so you liked 
you liked when the blob is, which is the the bulk of the the practical effects. Like when um, Scott and his girlfriend get killed, and it, she's like the she's the doll, which they use the doll again later on for something. Like in, in in another death, they have they use they like do. a it's like a stretched out face. This yeah, time but like when when he's trying to cop a feel like the sexual assault or he yeah. is, um, <laughs> which his trunk is ridiculous. Like when he opens the trunk to make the drink, and, and it's, it's a bar. It, it's, it's so stupid. It's like that stuff's falling around. That stuff's falling down when you're driving. <laughs> and I, I just I love, and I know it's the '80s, and they do this now. And I, I just love when how it's so easy for teenagers to get liquor and to just kind of like, it's just, yeah, there's always that one jerk that's got all the booze. Like that's just, <laughs> it is so not how it is. I mean, maybe I just, maybe I just hung out with the, the, the wrong people, but, or, or the right people, stuff. depending upon how you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but anybody that's having has that trunk full, of all that, the strawberries and like the, the bottles of, it was a champagne. Oh no. He's making like pina coladas or, or, or his own daiquiri. homemade red cherry syrup. Yeah. 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 And like, and he's got the blender and he's got the, that stuff's all spilling <laughs> and, and and not for nothing, but you're giving her trunk strawberries. Trunk strawberries are the best. Shame on her. Well, although, <laughs> although she gets killed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when he squeezes the doll and like it starts coming out and, and obviously I don't want to compare the 58 one to this one because you're dealing with different effects, but in this one, they definitely give the blob more uh, animated. Like, you know, he, he, the blob shoots out tentacle like stuff yeah you know what i mean just the blob, right yeah. so i thought that was uh i mean I, th- I think you have to have that because you have to have otherwise you just have the slow moving object going at people and they're just like well see ya you know <laughs> what <laughs> they definitely made it more of a predator this time around than oh yeah than an unthinking kind of well you have to you just you have to because you, you gotta ramp up that kind of um uh intense you know if they're if they won't they and it's the fact that the blob once it touches you it starts dissolving you. So like, you know, you can't, you can't even be touched by it. Yeah. And that's evident when she's in the sewer and the blob dripping down yeah, and it pulls it, her hair, pulls her hair and it pulls it off. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that, well, you know, I, I thought that was cool. I thought, you know, that's just like, yeah, okay. And I was like, Ooh, wow. Cause yeah. then she falls cause she's being held onto by the, yeah. She lets go. It, cause she realizes it's gonna yeah. dissolve eventually. Yeah. Ugh, gross. The guy getting sucked down the pipes. I like that too. Oh, um, you mean the cook? The cook in yeah. the diner. Yeah. That's a that's a, I mean when the pipe expands and they ugh. they do like they have him go down, then then they just go to the reaction of the uh Hewitt. Not Hewitt. Yeah, that's her name, Fran Hewitt. And yeah. um who's she with? The sheriff? No, she's with um with the kids with Meg. Right, and, uh, right. They just go to the reaction. The next thing you know, you just see his leg and hand like sticking up. Yeah. Very bloody. And then it yeah, pops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very bloody. I mean, I'm which I'm okay with. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, so I mean, the the budget itself, you know, it was nineteen. Uh, we talked about how it it only made eight. I mean, I, that's probably a factor as to why it, it didn't, why it's forgotten. Right. In terms of why maybe it didn't catch on when it came out. Why do you think that? If you have any opinion on that, because it's the blob. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's because it's the blob. I think because when you look, I mean, the blob was super popular when it came out in nineteen fifty eight, but. And and very influential. But when you look back at the blob, like you said, you just walk away from it. You just walk away. And whenever anybody thinks about the blob, the only thing they think of is the scene in the original in the movie theater when everybody's running out. Yeah. And it's huge. Then no one really remembers the movie itself because the movie itself, when you look back on it, is pretty funny. <laughs> you talk about the 58? The 58. Yeah. It's, it's, so I think in 1988, 
you know, people looking at the blob. And I mean, this is, is it's a really good movie. And it, it does it makes the blob creepy because of how it melts people and all that. But I'm sure people were thinking back to the original 1958 version. You're, you're looking only 30 years ago and people are. Well, I'm sure that's why you got some people to come to the theater because they remember. To the theater, but also right. I think maybe some like teenagers and younger people probably going, that's cheesy. That's my dad's horror movie. I don't watch that. <laughs> you know, it's like. You're yeah. a square. Yeah. It's like you've got things like the John Carpenter's the thing. You've got. Um, well, we just talked about it. you got Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Yeah. So you've right. already got all your nightmares. Right. You've got. They even do homages to Friday the 13th in this. So you've got Voorhees. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You've got, at this point, Near Dark is already have, come out. Yeah, Prince the, of Darkness has come out. You're saying like the 80s is basically slasher horror, which is which is not something I'm, I'm not saying anything nobody knows. So right. now the blob is obviously not a slasher flick. So you're, you're saying that thing kind from of outer like, space. Yeah, right. So that's kind of got a uh, already a negative against it coming out. Right? I think so. I can see that. Now, I have a I have a quote here from Chuck Russell about what he and I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say the quote. I'm not even going to remember it. Maybe it was a mistake to do a remake of the blob with a sense of humor. I thought that I thought that would be an entertaining inter interpretation. Unfortunately, it was released late in a very hectic summer filled with big films and it didn't have a particular good ad campaign. What do you think of that? <laughs> but, I, you know, I don't think you could do this movie without some kind of comedy. And I didn't think it was particularly I, funny. Well, when he, yeah, the, the first time we talked about sense of humor, I was trying to think back. Like, okay. So what was funny? Was the attempted rape funny? When he's, oh, when he's like, hey, all right. Yeah. yeah your blouse. It's really hot. And I love the eighties, but dear Lord. <laughs> it's like, was that funny? And I, I, I'm sorry, but none of Kevin Dillon's lines are funny. I can't take a tough. I'm sorry, but I can't take a street tough seriously when his mullet's feathered. <laughs> like when he came on the screen, I'm like, oh, bite that mullet is huge. And then I'm like, is that feathered out? I'm pretty sure it gets bigger as the movie goes on, because at the end, when he's hugging uh, Shawnee Smith and the, the snow's coming down, I was like, there's no was his mullet always that big. <laughs> but his lines are just awful. And, and speaking of lines, I do have this one thing. Uh, at one point in the movie toward the end, when they're about to jump out of the car, Meg says to him, uh, take care of yourself. It's the only thing you've ever been good at is Princess Leia's line from the very first Star Wars movie. And I was so mad. <laughs> you nerd. I was like, well, it's just a complete ripoff of a Star Wars line. <laughs> I kind of like the reply that he had. He was like, uh, no one else was lining up to take the job or something like that. I was like, that's a good line. That's a good I hate his one-liners. I hate all of his one-liners. There's one line I really like, and that was when uh, Paul goes to introduce himself to May's family in the beginning. And oh, the pharmacist yes. newspaper comes out and goes, goes ripped. Yeah. I like the fact that when sexual assault <laughs> Scott Jessup goes to the uh, goes to the pharmacy, um, to buy the condoms, it's like the Reverend shows up. I'm thinking, oh boy, he's gonna he's gonna try to deflect and pretend that, but like he's yeah. just like, oh yeah, my boys, I'm, I'm trying to tell him not to do that. Like, should we tell him to abstain? Isn't that what you should be telling the yeah. Reverend? Is he you kidding? Know, yeah, safe sex is important. Yeah, and this guy wants to raw dog in here. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're not for me, you know. They're for my friend. Oh, there's this 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 sort of naive girl that he's. Planning on, uh, well, you know, and uh, I, I, I insisted that he take precautions. <laughs> I had to drag him down here as it is. I mean, the guy is totally irresponsible. Hey, come on, Scott. What's the holdup? I can't keep this girl waiting. The boy doesn't need condoms. He needs a muzzle. Yeah, so that's the joke. The pharmacist was uh, 
I guess, Paul's date. And his buddy is pretending that Paul's is telling him that he's getting the condoms for his buddy because he's going on a date, which ends up being his daughter. That's why he says ribbed when he sees it, which is funny. Yeah. 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 That's the one line I actually laughed at. Yeah. You want to go? Sure. I just want you to meet my dad really quick. It'll just take a second. Sure. Daddy, I'd like you to meet my friend Paul. Ribbed. Oh, that's it. One line. Were there any other? Give me, give me another line that I, I like. I, I've got no other. I, I, I laughed when he licked the deputy. I, he, did, I, did, I did like that because I would. That would have been my reaction. Oh my God. And, he, and he's just like, Ugh. and I'm like, I'd be going to the bathroom and like scrubbing down. Got to wash this off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, that I do have one line I liked. Okay. When she's when they can't get oh the front door is locked and he goes it's all right. I got a key. Oh, he had, it's a brick. Yeah. <laughs> I like when he comes out of the freezer with the hook. Like that's gonna do anything. <laughs> well, I think I think even his character knows he was great. I killed the cranberry sauce. Oh, the strawberry jam. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a question: Is can Kevin Dillon ever play a guy that's not a douche, or is that like his thing? Is well, you don't like, like Johnny Drama from Entourage. You're not supposed to like Johnny Drama. I think you're supposed to feel for. Uh, you're not supposed to like anybody in that. Well, I shouldn't say that. You're you're trying to find likability in characters that exist in a world that is highly unlikable. Um, but you know, but I would, but he is somebody in that show. And now we're talking about Entourage. He is somebody <laughs> in that show that that you he's like kind of like what happens to actors that hit it big and then they you know crash rock crash but they don't yeah and he's somebody who you know you get a sense of his his character and and, and kind of his feelings but maybe, maybe i haven't seen enough of the show no 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 I, i've seen don't, like you, maybe five okay. or six episodes you don't but. i'm not telling you to go see oh it. i know but it's like everything i ever see him and even like military movies where he plays like a soldier it's, he's never like the nicest guy he's always kind of this character uh, and it was interesting to see him in 1988 because i don't know if i've ever seen him in something so young um and i was like oh wow this, this kind of <laughs> douchiness goes back to the 80s uh i'm trying to remember if because he was in the remake of the poseidon adventure and i'm trying to remember, i saw that and i couldn't remember who he played uh he played like the gambling guy like the guy who was like uh Oh, he was like he played poker or something. He's just—I don't think he's anyone like major. Like I don't—I I, in 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 that regard, I wasn't a big fan of the movie in general, so it was pretty forgettable. But although I do like—not that I like seeing Kurt Russell die in the movie, but I do like the way he dies because when they do drowning in movies, they never—they always do it very romantic. Like when somebody drowns in a movie, right? They always just kind of like they go under. And you never see him again. But it, you know, it's pretty horrible. To uh, not that I ever want to know what that experience is like, but it is <laughs> a horrible experience. And the way Carell portrays when they do in the movie is actually almost spot on. I mean, you can only do so much, but yeah, like your your body forces you to try you, to get something right. You hold your breath for underwater for long, but your body basically you, you can't stop it. It tries to just start breathing, and you just breathe. You just start sucking down water. So well, it's like um, Ava Green in Casino Royale as well. Mm-hmm. She's telling him not to do it, and then she runs out of breath, and she just <gasps> just sucks in so much water. Yeah, the, uh, elevator. Let's bring it back to Kevin blob? Dillon. No, okay, the blob. Dillon. But let's bring it back to Kevin Dillon. Okay, what do you got for me? Um, I don't remember how he was in Platoon, but he's in Platoon, and I don't remember if he was a douche, as you say, in Platoon. I feel like everyone was semi sympathetic in Platoon, but also everyone had issues in Platoon. So I think you just don't like Kevin Dillon as an actor. Oh, I think he's great at playing the kind of character that he plays. And I think that's fantastic. When you have a niche, you know, go for it. I mean, if I ever get cast as, you know, the guy everybody hates, as long as I'm getting cast, then I'm fine. Anything else in terms of I'm trying to think of the other effects that we liked in the blob. Um, 
I mean, I pretty much I, I I got like the shot when they the first shot in the opening shot of the movie and they have all the credits and then they go over and they have the football field. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Uh, and they show all the the everyone in the field and the stands and you kind of meet you start meeting the characters. You meet Meg and you meet Paul because he's playing football. I got a very faculty vibe from from this movie, not in terms of like obviously not in terms of the ripping off the faculty. Right. But maybe the faculty kind of it just felt like that maybe because it was just the high school thing but just kind of like a small town that is suddenly just engulfed in this kind of like horror all right you know what i mean like i got a very which is a good thing uh the faculty's good right right no i mean i saw the blob i saw this blob a long time ago probably in the 90s and i i saw and that was it you know i didn't really like repeat watch it uh and so when adrian recommended it to me I didn't realize that he liked it. So like that was something that he always liked or, you know, like it was forgotten for him. So, uh, so it was a very surprising choice for him. No. Yeah, no, I think, but I think it's good. I think I, I was, when he suggested it, I was definitely, I wanted to do it because I'm like, all right, let me, let's go back to that. Cause I do like going to the movies, uh, not necessarily that I'd never seen before, but movies that I myself forgot about. You know, in terms of just like never really talk about when we right. talk about like, like oh, wow, yeah. this actually does have a lot of merit. And I don't know why we don't right. talk about it more. And obviously we're coming off of our month of horror. So, I mean, I already I already talked about how I don't really gravitate towards horror movies as I do other movies, other style of movies. So I think, you know, it, it's probably a lot of the horror movies that I've seen. I've never really been like, let's watch it again. You know, I've never really have a collection of horror films like some of my friends do. Um, so, yeah. So I, I, I going back to a horror film is actually pretty cool because. I get to kind of like revisit it again. I mean, that's just how I. <laughs> and of course, I'm going to get a feathered bullet now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I do like how this movie kind of it, it really ramps up pretty quickly. You're talking I, about from the beginning to the end. From the beginning like to the end. When so you get this movie that kind of moves a little slow. It's about the relation. You get you know Paul wants to ask out. Uh, it intros everybody Meg pretty well. Yeah, the, you get a feeling of all the characters and. No one's particularly unlikable, which I like. You don't have a character that you're waiting to get killed. Okay. Which I think is interesting for a horror movie because usually they play it. This guy's going to die. This guy's going to die. God, I hope this guy dies. But in this movie, it's like you don't. You pretty much figure at the beginning the homeless guy is going. (laughs) When he laughs at uh, Brian after he uh, wipes out on his bike. Which I also like how they bring back that jump later on. I'm listening. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I was going to say about character, because there is no, there's no real, I mean, I guess there is some character development, but the only thing, like, they never really set up the hatred between Paul and Brian. Like, I get it. We're all supposed to know that Brian's a, a, a screw up, you know, like when the sheriff pulls up against him, he's like, your birthday coming up, right? And it's <laughs> like, you know, that whole thing. And yeah. He's going to be 18, you know, you never... Number one, you don't really know what he has done in the past, like in terms of like what exactly, what type of screw up is he? Like, what does he respond? Like, what does he do? Juvie type stuff. Right. But you don't know. And then you, you, for some reason you don't, you, you, Paul and him don't get along, but we're supposed to know why they don't get along. I think you kind of get the feeling that Paul's a, a, a nice kid, like kind of a do-gooder kind of type kid. And Brian's obviously the exact opposite of that. Paul's the good guy, the team hero, you know, the football sure. team player. Brian's the loner, loser, juvie <laughs> kid. It's, it's like they they obviously are opposite spectrums of like the high school hierarchy. So right, I and, think that's what you get from. And it. 
I kind of like the I kind of like they didn't do like the love triangle thing between him, Meg, and Paul. Like I kind of just like, Me too, like yeah. even at the end, like when they're hugging. Obviously, that's not because hey, let's go out now. It's- I do like it doesn't end with a kiss, which is fine because she was in the sewers for a long time. <laughs> she probably reeks. You stink. I know. I just saw. I just saved the day, but you stink. Although you get a little bit of that love triangle when he uh, the bad boy shows a little bit of uh, of heart, and then she's all like. <sighs> Uh, I didn't she get, looks at him when he walks out. I think maybe it was just I did not get any kind of sense of like, you know, like like in speed where they, they get this. They're going to date after this. Like, I didn't get any of that sense, which I didn't want because it just didn't make you any know, relationships sense. born out of trauma. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I didn't get that, which I liked. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was uh, I thought that was good. You know, fast forward. Oh, they're getting married now. <laughs> the blob, too. Oh, which, which know, they, they leave. Uh, they set up. Yeah. I, I kind of like the sticker. It's really cheesy, but I kind of like it. I I, eh. I mean, I wonder if they had an I didn't I couldn't find anything that said that they had an idea for a sequel. I think maybe that's just like you always end a horror movie with like, you know, maybe there'll be more, you know, like, you know, yeah, so absolutely, having yeah. having the reverend we're talking about the reverend deliver. He <laughs> immediately looks like uh, like he is straight out of the phantasm movies with his half uh, his eye obviously burned away and like did and oh hang on I was just going to jump to something else but <laughs> and then he he delivers his sermon about the the, the day of reckoning will come and he because if you remember in the movie or if you saw it uh, he the blob gets frozen a little bit and so he picks up the crystals and he puts them in a jar I don't understand why he would like I, there's no reason for him to do that uh, well clearly to set up the sequel yeah. when reverend the day of reckoning. How far off? Soon, madam. Soon. The Lord will give me a sign. <laughs> I better I better get these uh, frozen pieces because I know this is going to come into play because I don't know what I just saw. I don't know anything that just happened, but I'm going to go into this into this uh, restaurant, find these crystallized frozen pieces that are really just rock salt dyed purple. And which <laughs> and then uh, I'm just going to put him. Yeah, because I'm going to put him in jar. That's right, because I know what's going to happen. He had no idea. He's just it's it was foretold by God. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then he, he so he has a piece of the blob, basically, which I'm curious what did they do with the blob now that it was frozen at the end? Well, they explain. Uh, well, they don't explain. They say that they're going to go take it to the so take it to the dumpster. But let's take it to the cold storage. Right. Okay. Keep so it's there forever. now, just chilling. Better hope that freezer doesn't break, man. That's what I'm saying. Maybe we need to have what do you a blob do? now. What are you going to do? Call the government? Because they did so great before. We already missed the 30 year anniversary. We'd have to wait until 40. So 19 to 2028. Damn. So we could do. Screw it. Let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, yeah, they don't really. I love it. He's like, we better hurry up and get this to cold storage. Like everyone's like, well, it's like, aren't you all traumatized? You, you lost people. You like you lost a lot of people in this movie. If the blob is that big, it's clearly eating a lot of people. And everyone just seems to be like, woo, all right, let's shovel it up. Ski season. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get the streets ready. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although I near, I I saw nary a ski slope anywhere. <laughs> I noticed that too. I, I saw, it's all just trees and I hills. saw a couple signs. I saw a couple signs that said, "Hey, like ski season's coming." I saw the di- the icer or the snow machine the snowmaker, that's yeah. coming into play later. I saw nothing else. <laughs> We're at ski season. 
because we said so. Yeah. 70 degrees, though. It's a hot one, which never really. I mean, the heat never like they, they mentioned it a couple of times, but they never really. It's pointless. It's pointless to say it's hot. It's October. It's just not cold enough for the blob not to be dead. Right. I don't. I didn't get the heat aspect of it. Uh, well, I think like, well, uh, why was Brian working on this? His, his uh, bike in the middle of the woods. Like. Ooh, is it in secret? Does he need to? He's he a social to- outcast. All right, he can't be <laughs> he can't, seen by people. <laughs> he can't. He can't roll the bike to a shop. He's got to do it in the. I need a ratchet set. That's all I need. Just a ratchet. I was set. thinking the same thing. You couldn't have wheeled the bike into the garage. Yeah, it's oh. it's at the bottom of the hill. It's it's it's, it's not a really big hill. And what's it, exactly wrong with it? You just need to ratchet stuff. Just got a ratchet. No, no fuel lines are busted. Crash the whole thing. But I just got a ratchet. And- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's not that much paying attention. I mean, we're twist, nitpicking. Twist, we're definitely. Twist. I, we're, I mean, the only reason he has a register is he can get out of the van that they get in. Which again, how are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> you just got ratchet. You just got a ratchet. Yeah, ratchet solves everything, Meg. <laughs> what I also like is this this government who's uh, taking people into custody. No handcuffs. No handcuffs. They didn't disarm them. They didn't take any of their stuff. Right. Just. Well, I also like the fact that the government's solution to killing the blob is just to stand over the manhole and fire weapons <laughs> <in>. repeatedly. <laughs> Shoot them. There's where I got my answer. Well, that's not going to. No, like, no one's like not going to work. You know, oh, no, you got to throw the bomb. That's not going to work. Sit the charges. Quick charge. Yeah. I also noticed that satchel charge that blows up in the sewer explodes a lot quicker than her satchel charge uh, when she puts it that on the snowmaker. That was a long time or they didn't tell you that's in the, <laughs> that's in the special features. Yeah, she, she actually knew. Yeah, you know, I had a set of timer. Meg, Meg <laughs> took some uh, satchel tra- uh, charge training. That's in. I told you that's in the, that's in the <laughs> deleted uh, scenes. Deleted scenes. They didn't, they didn't tell anybody that. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot to like in this movie. It is really quick. Once you hit probably minute forty, it's just a blob melting people. Well, that's the thing. The For blob the move movie. moves from, per, like you know, it, it leaves the once it leaves the hospital, kills the uh, Scott and his girlfriend. And then it gets into the sewer and obviously goes to the town. But then, then the next time you see it is the restaurant, right? The restaurant. And the restaurant's right. pretty cool. And then after the restaurant, it's just, it's big enough to become a a, a big issue. And that's when it's right. really. But it really just goes to the restaurant, goes to the movie theater. Is that right? Restaurant, movie theater. And then that's when the government Restaurant, comes movie in. theater, sewers. Yeah. Right. So... Like I would have, I don't want to say that. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say what I'd like to have seen. Like because now, but it, it never really gets like big as big as you know the original where it's really rolling down the street. It's always kind of hiding, right? Which I don't know if I like more or less than the original. Well, there's no real there's there's no real purpose for like if this is a government experiment. Like if we're comparing it to the the uh, fifty eight version. Mm-hmm. 58 version is an entity. It's a it's a it's a creature. Right. So it's got motivation. It's got desire to be big, to eat, whatever that may be. I can't yeah. remember a lot of the 58 one. That's pretty um, much all it wants to do. Right. <laughs> this one is more like a bacteria. It's an infection. It's like a disease. So right. it's really not it's not it's a single cell membrane that's just dissolving everything in its past it, in its path. It really shouldn't have a motivation to hide. It really shouldn't have a desire to be in the sewer. It should just basically like once it's out, it should just be like rolling down the street. Right. It seems smarter than the blob, the original blob, even though the original blob was an actual creature. Right. Which I'm, I don't know if I like more or less. It, it does make it a little creepier. I do like the image of the blob kind of hiding on the wall of the movie theater. 
mm-hmm. um, and like taking people one by one. I really like that image. Sure. But it, it, I don't think it also it doesn't beat the iconic image of everyone running at the movie theater and the blob just kind of right. Well, out the, at the windows again, why would the blob be in an air vent? Just try to sneak up on the projectionist. It 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 wouldn't matter. It would roll through. It would just go into the theater. It, you know what I right. mean? Like it just it, needs yeah. to keep moving. It doesn't. It's not afraid to. It doesn't know anybody. It doesn't know fear. It doesn't know anything. It doesn't have. It doesn't think. All it wants to do is get big and and spread out and spread its you know viral infection and that's it. Right. So, I mean, I get why you change it. I get why you change what the blob is. In terms of in comparison to what it was in the 58 version, I just think you can't have the same, it, you know, I, again, we're suspending our disbelief. It's a horror movie. It's fine. But we're sitting here nitpicking it. Right. You know, you, you can't really give it the motivation of an of a, of a person, of a, of a uh, not a person, of a, of a being that, that thinks and has feelings and thoughts and emotions and, and knows how to, you know hide and wants to self you know survive it you know and stuff like that if you did you'd have to that would have to be established at some point oh, of course like hey okay it not only grew bigger and larger it also grew smarter or I, something like that i think with this movie i think it, everything in this movie from the characters from everything nothing is established it's just basically like this is it the blob comes these are these are the these are the archetypes that you know bad boy good you know good guy good kid good kid you know the, the girl the love interest the, the rapey sexual assaulter friend, <laughs> you know, like just like, you know, the, the, the adults, the authority figures, like, oh, these are the people, you know, that you've seen in movies before. Right. Here's a blob. OK, let's see what happens. Like, that's pretty much what it is. And right. I, and well, you know what? Fine. For that, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and we just came off of it's just a little surprising that we're doing another horror movie. We just came off of a, a month of it. I don't think we were expecting this to be Adrian's selection. Well, I think we wanted to do, I think with our third season, we wanted to do more. Um, I guess we wanted to be a little bit more interactive and just have people, you know, do audience or viewer. Right. Listener requests. And, and next, next week is another one we didn't really choose. Right. Which we'll get to. Uh, That's kind of right. Which, now? <laughs> but I kind of I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, because it forces us to watch something like you said, we wouldn't have chosen to begin with. This is true. This um, is true. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy the blob. It was not what I was expecting. The practical effects are fantastic. The, the and and generally, genuinely pretty creepy. I think if you're into that, like I think we coming from where we try to come from a a a, a space from you know you're being an actor, me writing, you writing as well. I apologize, uh, me being a writer. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to limit you to something. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Thanks, man. You, thanks. Know, you only being an actor. <laughs> <laughs> But you coming from a certain space and in that regard and me coming from the creative side as well, you know, we like to try to like, you know, find things in movies where, you know, why would we watch this? So I think if you are into special effects or like you are thinking about getting into practical effects and stuff like that, just the blob is probably a good movie to watch because you can see how it's done well. Like a lot of it, a, a majority of it's practical because they need to be practical because you can't you're not able to do computer generated graphics back then. In terms of like what you could do now, I mean now, it's all it's all CG now. If you do the blob now and you don't do practical, then your blob is not going to be a yeah. good movie. I yeah. think I think the view, the viewers are smart enough to know what's CG and what's not, and I don't think even today it's good. You you can't do it well enough. Where like that melt, that ooze, that pus, it needs to be tangible. It needs to be something you can see and really kind right. of go get grossed out about. I think I think you would if you were to do it now, you would have to make sure that you do the blob as practical as possible and 
you know, the stuff where it's like, I like the stuff, even in the movie, like where they're moving and they're running and it's in the background where they use to have them in front of a screen that, okay. Animate that, but do that in the computer, but everything else, like even the scene when like, when the, um, waitress or the, does she own the, does she own the restaurant? I got the feeling that it was her restaurant. Okay. Um, when she's engulfed by the blob in the phone booth, which why are you getting in the phone booth? call her man just run away (laughs) um you know that today should be still done practically because that's you know because even when you're the when you're looking down the shot and the thing explodes and she like turns into like this mess of like bones and teeth yeah like that that's like that's like oh that's pretty cool you know so i I, you have that that's still it's it's a visceral feeling that you want you don't want to lose because if it's if it's computer generated, you're just kind of like, yeah, all right. You're like, been there, done that. I've seen this. You yeah. Know, you don't, you don't, it's, you don't feel that. You don't get that sense of like, oh God, what if that happened to me? Because you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can relate to it when you see it practically. Whereas when you see it computer generated, you can't really relate to it in, in any kind of way. Right. And that's the end of my PSA. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, this movie Made me not want to eat Jello for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's all I got. I mean, I really don't. I like that it was short. I like that it was ninety five minutes. Or it, it needed to say ninety five. Yeah. You did say ninety five. Yeah, I don't know my own facts. <laughs> ninety five minutes. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that. So yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a, another horror movie, even though we just did the whole month of horror, and you're like, I don't have enough horror left. I need more. Go watch the Blob. Although, yeah. where'd you find it? I found it on Sony Crackle for free. But where can you rent it? You can rent it anywhere. Movies oh, really? Prime can, and stuff like that? Uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah, there you uh, go. So YouTube, it's out there. Xbox, it's not PlayStation. A, right. It's not one of the ones that you can't get. No. Yeah. It's readily available. Although, like, we're recording this in October, so I'm wondering if it's readily available because it's Halloween Top season. So, Halloween. yeah, maybe that's why. Don't, don't spoil it for the folks. They got to think it's November. Everybody knows that we record early. <laughs> Everybody who's anybody. <laughs> it's, it's early October here. We're doing Christmas soon. Save us, aren't we? We're getting close to holiday. Let's, oh, you mean like in terms of recording? Recording, yeah. Nice, nice. Christmas comes early here for Forgotten. Cinema. I think our Christmas episode is Halloween week. That's <laughs> <laughs> so confusing. I don't know what's happening. It's almost like the blob has come. <laughs> Ugh, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> Why don't you just shut the hell up? Whoa. Oh, all right. All right. right. All right. Just plug your shit. Let's go. All right. I've got other podcasts I do. Ooh. You should check them out. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two player bros I do with my brother Alex. Uh, we talk about all things video games, reviews, previews, news on all current systems, PC and VR. And I've also got Crack One Open with Mike and Elise, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews, where we crack open a different brew every episode and talk about the brewery, the style of beer, the tasting notes within the beer that we're drinking then, and a little bit about the history of that style. And then as we're sipping on that, we go over the latest pop culture news and reviews, you know, whatever movies or TV shows are coming out uh, within that time frame on Hulu, Netflix, out in the movie theaters right now, or on TV in general. Both of those podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts can be found. Anywhere and oh, everywhere. Yeah. I um just go to my site, michaeldfield.com. You'll see everything I've done. That's yeah. my plug. Feel free to rate and review Forgotten Cinema wherever you're listening. Well, uh, let's be a little more excited about this. Hey! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Good, Mike. You do it. 
All right. And if you like Forgotten Cinema, <laughs> please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. You know, every review, every subscription, every shout out we get really helps us out. So the more you guys spread the word, the more Forgotten Cinema stuff we can do. I, I, I did the same thing. That's pretty much what I said. News was, hey, if you want to, you know, you may want to listen to Forgotten Hey, listen, we like talking about movies. So if you hit us up anywhere on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and you just want to talk movies, we will. That's I right. mean, we, we love talking about them. So we have no problem talking about them not outside of the podcast. <laughs> and as you guys saw, this is our second viewer recommendation. If you guys have your own as well, um, just let us know and we'll add them to our list. We might not get to them right away, but we will. We promise we will get to them. Promise. Kind of. No, we'll promise. I can't pick his word over a microphone, but. We got you. <laughs> and join us next week as we will be tackling the... I laugh because I already know what I'm going to say about this movie. <laughs> we will be tackling the... What is this? 1994? 95? I think it's 95. It's Is it midnight? When was the sequel? Well, anyways, we're doing Mortal Kombat this week. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're doing this because we are going to be doing this with Russ Lyman from... I don't know. Russ Lyman everywhere. From everywhere, Russ Lyman. Everywhere, Russ Lyman. YouTube he, sensation, YouTube Russ Lyman. YouTube sensation... Uh, Retro game. Actually, he's part of something now, right? You know what? I'll save that plug for him next week. But he, Russ, if you search Russell Lyman on on Google, you'll see him. You'll see him everywhere. He's the guy with the hat and the glasses. Uh, we've been, we've done a couple of passer plays on his at his house. Excuse me, at his studio, and um, for I think Rain of Fire and Hudson Hawk. So Correct. if you had seen us there, you probably know who Russell is. Um, so Russ is going to join us next week, and we're going to talk about Mortal Kombat. We wanted to do a video game movie, and that's the one we landed upon. Um, Field didn't want to do the Mario Brothers movies if it's not my, a classic. I just, I'm gonna tell you right now, <laughs> there is no forgotten in this world of video game movies. So well, yeah, buckle up next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's next week. Um, do you have anything else you need to add, or were you looking up when the movie came out? Because I can't remember. Mike's typing. Ninety five. Ninety five. So then Annihilation came out ninety seven. Right, that's the sequel, right? Yeah, that is awful. Oh. Not like, it is awful. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. I like the fact that well, Jax isn't in the first one, right? Jax is in the second one. Yeah, I like that Jax was in the second one, but yeah. He gets arms for no reason. <sighs> we don't get to see his arms get blown off. Sorry. Then there's Cyrax that, for you no need reason. to see that? No. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have arms right away in the game. Whatever. We'll go. We'll get over. We'll get over. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second one. We're not going to go into the second one. Because Jax should have been in the first one. Uh -huh. God. Damn it, why are we doing this now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's next week. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. What is Jack? Jack is great stuff. Sounds. Oh, Suck it up and squirt it up with a gag back. Pump it up and blow it up with a gag inflator. Well, I never. Nickelodeon gag comes in different colors, sizes, and play sets. Each sold separately. Coming soon from Mattel. Disgusting.